Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Hub Systems Podcast, the voice of man's model moments, the blog of the various ramblings on the modelling and gaming antics of my son and I. My name is Alex Mann, and tonight I'm afraid my son Oscar is not with me. That's because we're recording a few hours after he's gone to bed. And that's for a couple of reasons. Uh, firstly, we spent most of the weekend at uh, some old friends, which culminated in uh, visiting Alton Towers and arriving quite late home, uh, well past the girls' bedtime anyway. Now, for those non-UK listeners' benefit, Alton Towers is a venue which is pretty famous for an amusement park with lots of roller coasters and big rides and all that kind of thing. So if my voice is a little harsher than normal, I apologise because I spent most of the day screaming, but that's also one of the reasons that, that Oscar's not on. The second reason is that I'm lucky enough to have a couple of members of the Shadowy Firestorm Focus Group on Skype with me today. And as they're located across the other side of the globe, uh, a late UK slot is necessary to catch them across the multiple time zones. Now, we are recording on Skype, so we do have a little variability in the audio quality uh, across the podcast today. So I apologise for that in advance. Uh, but I thought I'd uh, include it because everybody, I think, will want to hear uh, what's being said. So I'm very lucky today to have with me Nathan. Hey. And Michael. Hey, how you doing? In this episode, we'll be covering some of the work that the FFG does, how it works, and achieves balance, and we'll get some commentary on the releases they've helped shape over the, the past 12 months or so. Perhaps you guys can introduce yourselves a little bit about your gaming background, what got you into Firestorm, um... Perhaps we start with you, Nathan. Game background started with Battletech back when I was around 12-ish. Uh, tried Warhammer 40k for a while. Dropped out of that because didn't have enough money to support both games, so I'd stick with Battletech. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, I decided I was going to make Free Space, The Great War, Free Space 2. Love space combat, so I decided to try to space games. Looked around, found Firestorm that way. Love the RSN models, so picked up the game. Picked up some games for our, some full, a full thrust fleet as well and another game squadron strike anyway i found the rules for the game simple enough to understand and have to take someone teaching me i can kind of learn myself and from there it just kind of took off and now i play pretty much everything from the zentarian league side i have fleets for everybody but focus mainly on the directorate slash works raptor slash omnidine and dindrezi slash artisan oh so it's good to see that you you've chosen the right side in the conflict of course <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, how about you? So I played 40K like almost everybody else a long time ago. I actually started way back in 1996, right after the very first Space Wolf Cold Codex was released. But uh, I kind of fell out of that game, I don't know, we'll say five years ago, because I just didn't like the direction the game was going. And uh, did some stuff and discovered Firestar Armada. Eventually decided to buy a Dendrenzi fleet, mostly because at the time uh, there was no such thing as Halo fleet battles, and it looks a lot like the UNSC ships, and plays like the UNSC ships, so I thought that was great. And uh, that was about a year ago. And then about two weeks ago, I went to the Michigan GT and managed to win that thing. So that was a lot of fun. I'm glad I went, and I'm looking forward to going to Adepticon this year, coming up if I can. Well, congratulations. Okay, so I'm going to skip talking about what I did in the last week, and I'll cover that with, with Oscar over the next couple of days. We'll consolidate that into the next episode. But perhaps you guys can speak about uh, what you've been doing in, in hobby for the last uh, last week. Michael, I guess, uh, as you went second in introductions, perhaps you could go first in this. And Nathan! <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, past week, I'm actually able to get a decent amount done. Um, taped off a Derezi Heavy Cruiser Squadron for uh, airbrushing. I need to get a new adjusting valve before I can do the detailer and stuff. But uh, start working on that. Working on a, yes, I play 40k. Um, then painting a Wraith Lord for the Eldar. And then playing-wise, play some X-Wing. One with the Rebels using the Donut of Doom. If anybody doesn't know, that's Dash Rendar in his ship with heavy laser cannons. And a couple other ships, but they were unimportant because you had the Tornado to Doom. And then uh, played a game of Firestorm, 950 points. My Dendrezzi against Rushi slash Hawker pulled off a tie. So Good stuff. That's pretty much it. I'll have to uh, have to bring my VT-49 against your Rebel Scum sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of Rebels. If we brought everything against everything, it would be interesting. I don't have the big ship. But I have like eight B wing or six B wings. Don't ask why I have so many B wings. <laughs> I see. I don't have that much. I've, we've not been into X wing very long. Yeah. So I haven't tried my tie defender yet. So I'm quite that looking forward to that. I think it's fine with the the white K turn. The one time I fought it, all it did is to do K turns back and forth. It was me trying to fight, catch the damn thing to shoot it down. <laughs> I had great fun with the tie phantom. It got torn to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I was completely unsuccessful. I managed to decloak perfectly in range band one of an A-Wing. And, you know, I was rolling five attack dice. Got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, and the A-Wing just then blew me up. Concussion missiles, bang, gone. Yeah, the the first time I fought a uh, Phantom, the other guy, neither of us knew how to play with it. So he, he maneuvered before he uh, he revealed his maneuver dial. And uh, I was like, okay, now I'm uncloaking. Damn it, I can't uncloak. Well, I maneuvered anyway. Flew right in front of my B-Wing, which had the pilot Tinum, And he had auto blasters, which auto blasters auto hit normal hits. And then Tinum makes a crit and auto hit no matter what. And I had that E-Wing that has the pilot that can turn a hit into a crit. So I target locked everything I could onto that ship. B-Wing opened up, got two hits and a crit. He's like, okay, now roll my seven of eight dice. I'm like, no, you don't. No. <laughs> And he proceeded to get the one crit that, uh, it was like a crit. If you roll one dice and get a hit, it does all point damage. So one shot it before it could do anything. Yeah. And it's expensive as well. Oh, it, yeah. takes, it takes a lot of it's points. A, it's a mean ship. Like the last game, uh, he played a phantom. He actually kind of knew how to play it a little bit more, but it, I was finally able to get it shot down with the heavy laser cannons, but he played a lot better than the other guy. It lasted more than a turn and fire. Good stuff. What about you, Michael? All right, so honestly, since the Michigan GT, I haven't really done that much. I played one game last weekend. I played in an ambush scenario against Works Raptor, and I decided to try some things, and none of that worked. So I just pretty much completely lost that game. Yeah, Works Raptor are nasty. Yeah, they are, especially when you're facing two assault carriers. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I killed one, but the other one... Like, literally on turn six, both my Praetorian was banged up, his other assault carrier was banged up, we're both in the middle, and whoever won initiative was going to destroy the other guy, and I lost the initiative roll. <laughs> so he took off my last, like, two or three remaining hull points, and that was it for me. If I'd gone first, I wouldn't have done the same to him. So it was it was a phenomenal game. I really enjoyed it. Other than that, the only other thing I've done is I slightly redesigned my uh, gaming mat and put that on my uh, little website so if anybody needs a four by four gaming mat you can just download excellent so perhaps you could give us a uh, pointer to your website then oh right of course it's simply ops center with a, a dash between ops and center dot weebly that's w-e-e-b-l-y dot com 
It's just a free web hosting uh, site, and I just threw some stuff on there. Mostly just have some pictures, a couple articles. Like uh, I put together a very extensive article trying to explain why exploding D6s aren't nearly as bad as everybody seems to think. Excellent. A subject close to my heart. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the Michigan GT. Well, so first of all, it was put together and hosted by the, uh, the gentleman that brought you the Adepticon tournament that was back in, uh, I think, april at uh, schaumburg uh so this time the uh tournament was just local for them they'd made it a lot simpler in their format instead of having custom scenarios we simply use straight rulebook scenarios the uh, tournament was on saturday was a 1200 point tournament uh, we nominally had three hours for each uh fight i think all of my games we basically called it on turn four one, because a lot of stuff was basically destroyed anyway, and two, we ran out of time. And what points were you playing? 1,200 points. Oh, wow. So, pretty big. Yeah, it was. That's part of why the games, you know, only basically went, well, at least my games only went to turn four. I think all of them went to turn four. Maybe one went to turn five, I don't know. But at the end of the turn four, there was basically nothing on the table for anybody in most of my games. At least the first two. The second one I was fight. the last one I was fighting against a Rothosa fleet with a Dreadnought and two battleships, and... I didn't have an opportunity to damage them hardly at all. And so he pretty much has his entire fleet on the table. I pretty much had my entire fleet on the table after four turns because the first two turns will be killed absolutely nothing because <laughs> that's how it is when you fight Rothosa. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> but I had a great time. There was um, The turnout wasn't as big as they were expecting, but that's all right. We all had a good time anyway. And then on Sunday, we basically decided to do a narrative-style event instead of a tournament-style event where they had uh, put together a way to have Kronk Alliance versus the Zenian League and uh, have tables where you could jump between tables with your forces, basically lend your allies stuff. And uh, it was a lot of fun playing that way. There was, uh, I guess you could say, some kinks in the system, but uh, no, that was basically the first time running it. And I'd say everybody had a lot of fun, and that was what we're all going for, so it was perfect. Awesome. That sounds good. And I guess uh, you mentioned Adepticon there. That's the, I guess, the b big next show on the horizon. Yes. So I know that uh, Josh Lindy is has already applied to have a bunch of Firestorm Armada stuff at that in 2016. He submitted all the events that he wants to do. Yeah. Like he had, or that'll be on our heat. They're basically trying to go even bigger and better compared to last year. So it should be a lot of fun. I don't know what they have in mind. You'd have to talk to him. Excellent. Well, we'll certainly invite him onto the show in the future. Okay, so uh, turning back to the topic of the, the Firestorm focus group then, uh, you mentioned Firestorm quite a bit there, so good to segue back to topic. Can you say a little bit about the kind of work that, that you guys do behind the scenes? So uh, I guess we'll we'll flip over to Nathan again. A lot of time is I throw a lot of ideas out there for other people to test. I kind of go over my mind about what things are, and when I do, I have done a couple test games to try to see how things balanced out and that type stuff. I mean, I've been with the group since the initial beta all the way through the focus group has changed a lot since the initial beta. Uh, and Michael, from your perspective. So um, the first thing is the uh, new stuff that's uh, coming out this month. Um, I think I was invited right to the group and all those rules had just been finalized and everything had been blessed off. So my very first post to the group was saying, hey, these are all done. I was like, oh, well, never mind. Let's go into something else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh since then we've had uh, a lot of you know discussions about how the game can be developed we got uh i think we have some interesting things in the works i'm looking forward to when 
a lot of that stuff finally comes out. And uh, it's it's been fun participating in it and being part of that uh, creative process, which uh, Alex has the pleasure of managing the savages. <laughs> and it, it's, it's management. It's, I'm sure it's management frustration at times, especially with some of us. We get into a vocal argument about something. He's like, you guys are going completely off subject. Stop it. <laughs> Okay, so you mentioned there the process of shaping some of the, the releases that I guess have been done over in the last 12 months. So what would you say the, the general process is? How, how does the kind of flow work? I think they should should feel that one. I'm kind of new. <laughs> well, I uh, for his focus group as well, um, Alex and uh, the Spartan crew is coming together, trying to throw out initial rules out there, trying to get our feel on it. And we kind of go in discussion about initial things, ideas. Usually the first part is just trying to get the ideas out there, especially when it comes to new rules, such as the Planetfall campaigns, how units should interact, what the role of different ships are. And we kind of start working it down, kind of fine-tuning it till we get about the stat line we want and how the ship operates. Then it's just kind of the tweaking where we start doing tests and... uh Start working the small things like what upgrades, what hard points, or adjusting this, that, up and down, one or two points, kind of looking at the rest of the fleet. And then it gets down, usually then they'll, that's all usually before we even get a 3D CAD design out. But uh, that's, then that part, we'll basically kind of start over and build our way down and build the ship around that. Okay, so the focus group have worked on a number of projects over over the past 12 months or so, so... What what have you found to be the most kind of rewarding uh, and which have you found to be the most challenging? Rewarding and challenging. Uh, they can be different. <laughs> well, rewarding is seeing the ships and actually be able to play with them after you've designed them. I haven't been able to play a lot of scenarios. I haven't been able to do that. And just kind of seeing how people react to it, especially when you start seeing, like we throw a bunch of ships out, like the invasion ships out into the fleets and people are going crazy over what possibilities there are, and you know you've done a good job. The hardest part by far is the balancing. There isn't a ton of us in the focus group, and most of us are dislocated from each other. I mean, we do our way to get our games in and try to coordinate, but it's uh, balance is never a perfect thing. Perfect environment, there'd be all of us in a small meta, like all together working, but even then, uh, that doesn't work too well because then you don't get an outside influence. I feel like some playtests groups have issues with that where they don't get a lot of outside influence so i mean balance is by far the hardest part it's always what everyone argues about too (laughs) and michael what's your take on that so for me i would say the thing that i'm find most rewarding and the most frustrating is some of the existing units that we're trying to let's say rebalance about being too uh, specific i don't know how many pages worth of random ideas just being spitballed and thrown out there seeing what sticks but it's frustrating for me because a lot of it unfortunately for me at least is saying hey i think this is how the impact it would have on the game and here's like some stats like for math but that's about all i can do right now and just to be clear we're not when he's talking about adjusting some units we're not talking about adjusting entire fleets the firestorm it's pretty well balanced in my thing. We're not doing like the whole, it's like one or two units that most of the community has said, eh, this is weak. So we're trying to help make those a little bit more viable. Disclaimer. <laughs> so you mentioned balance there. How difficult is it to achieve balance in a game like Firestorm? Any large game with a lot of options, unless you have an ungodly huge crew of people working on it, uh, even then, I'd say it's impossible to get perfect balance. What can you could do as an acceptable balance to where definitely both sides, when they put their fleets down, it isn't one of those games where you look at the other side and go, well, 
and I'm going to pack everything up because I'm going to lose. The goal is to make it where we have a fair battle for both sides. That being said, perfect balance is impossible, and it's real as much time and effort you can put into something, the best balance is as close as you can get to it. Because, I mean, we'll balance something, and then people will find holes in it. Like, <laughs> it's just how it works. Honestly, I'm constantly amazed at how well balanced this game is compared to well, you know, the stuff I used to play and other things that are out there, considering that there's, what, 21 different factions right now? And pretty much anybody can throw down against anybody, and it'll be a good game. It could go either way every single turn, and that's phenomenal. Um, So there's a good framework that's already in existence that was built, you know, when 2.0 came out. Which was Right. I was part of that group. Right. And you did a fantastic job. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. Uh, it was total chaos. That's the one thing with the focus group. You didn't get the experience. Focus group is focused. We actually have a lot more ironing out and leadership. Of, right. Good gosh, the chaos that would happen. We talked way too much about the Terrans. <laughs> I don't want to hear any players complain. Terran players complaining about balance. Oh, my God. We talked the hell out of them. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, the threads for the Terran ships outmatched like half the other factions combined i think the like especially like the you combine the solarians the thirthosians the aquins all their threads together would equal one terran thread that's interesting because you still see a lot of threads on the spartan games community uh, regarding the terrans yeah especially the cruisers i mean it's one thing i know it's really hard i feel like some of the issues we initially had with the solarian battleship or you would get a unit to a good point and go, okay, here we are. Here's the new starting point. And then we'd accidentally kind of build up from there on some of the other units. Like we boost other units, get up there, and maybe overboost. Or we would continue on to other subjects, and then other things would kind of get left behind. Uh, we saw some issues with that. The torment was actually a big one because uh, cyber warfare got changed at the at one point toward the very end, or we didn't realize something. We didn't have time to go back and rebuild the torment to work with the new cyber warfare. So it went from, well, actually, at one point, it was a godly powerful ship. And it went to a pretty weak ship. And then we were able to get its points value down to where it's actually right there in the middle, I think, where it should be as far as the ship goes. And things like that. That's interesting, because I was involved in the beta test group, and I remember one time the Tormentor actually had a uh, cloaking field. (laughs) Yeah, which made it almost impossible to kill, I seem to recall. Yeah. The greatest part is after they, because initially uh, Cyber Warfare is more powerful, they nerfed it, and then people were basically saying, yeah, you bring a Tormentor just to deny your opponent the ability to actually kill your ship. They couldn't do much, but it was impossible to kill. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michael, you mentioned that, you know, given you've got 21 factions, I think you said there, when you come up with a new ship, or when Spartan comes up with a new ship or sets of ships, that's an awful lot of interactions to consider so it must be quite interesting to to actually work out you know how that uh, how those ships interact and you know consider all the different options that are available because there's there's an awful lot of them so for me looking at any of the new stuff that's in development the first thing i look at is what role is this thing going to play on the battlefield because it's something that's not really talking about much well, I don't think anywhere really is how there's things have certain roles. So like some units 
are really good at holding an objective, like say an RSN spook cruiser squadron, because they can just hang out all day, lob torpedoes, they're cloaked, they're fine, they can just sit in one spot and they'll do great. And then you have, on the other extreme, you have, say, pretty much anybody's assault cruiser who wants to come in from reserve, fold space drive in, and then just wreak havoc and just be a gigantic PETA to whatever unit they decided they're going to destroy. And you have some other units who, like mostly the battleships, their job is to go to the center of the table and just dominate the table. Be like, look, I'm here. You got to do something about me. And if you don't, you're going to have a bad day. So that's generally how I first start looking at a unit. And then because we already have all this stuff that's been developed and it already is really balanced, I basically just look at other units across all the various factions and see how they compare. And that to me, it was like a good way to start because there is all that, everything else out there already. Especially with the commanders. We've seen some of that where the commanders interact in ways we didn't think about when initially written. We're like, oh, we have to go back and change that. Ships as well, but yeah. Then we had the Terrakians, and it was kind of like, we didn't understand how much shenanigans those gravity weapons, but they're already written in the main rulebook. So it's kind of like, eh. that's a lot of what happened behind them. I mean, on the paper, it seemed fine, and then... You know, some of this shenanigans is like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, my experience with tracking, so my a good friend of mine, he decided after I started just talking about it, because he was a, a gamer from way back as well. He looked at the models online. He's like, oh, I'm totally getting these trackings. I'm like, well, that's awesome, because they have gravity weapons, and no one else has those. And I guess we'll learn together how those work. And so he got his fleet. And we threw down a couple times, and I had been playing for a couple months, so my skill level was above his, because he was just learning. So he was having a hard time to start. But then, and because I was trying to, you know, basically teach him how to play the game and how to be better, I was like, look, you know, next time, you know, if you play, you know, your battleship over here and your cruiser's over here, one guy can just do damage, and then the battleship can maybe try to shove something, or you can put the frigates behind the battleship, maybe try pushing it forward to get it to the center of the table after where it needs to be. And, you know, sometimes we'd be playing a game and I would like the first time we played was a gravity well on the edge of the table and I failed a maneuver check and one of my guys almost got sucked off the table. He's like, oh, wait, I could just push him off the rest of the way. And so he just took one random shot and pushed that off the table and done. Yeah, I would see things like at the last minute. I was like, oh, no, I made a huge mistake. He's like, what? What'd you do? I was like, I'll tell you later because I don't want to give it away. Because <laughs> I had like a unit sitting next to a planetoid that he could just line up a shot and shove it into. Yeah, a lot of it was we had no ships to test it on. We initially released the rules. Um, another thing we saw a lot, you'll see in the focus group as well, different people have their preferred factions. Focus, like I said, the original beta, where we had those long Terran threads, was purely because there are so many Terran players. And there were so many players in the original beta, because it was so open initially, that only posted on the Terrans. A lot of us, uh, the more devoted ones, tried to kind of spread the love. But we, all, of course, we had like uh, Zach was a little bit more focused on the Aquans, but you would see him posting everywhere else. Um, I was a little bit more focused on Directorate slash Derezin and RSN when they came out. But I would post a little bit on the other threads as well. But a lot of it came down to some things that didn't done. So the Terrakins hadn't come out. Gravity Weapons had no ships. So it's kind of like, oh, that looks neat. That looks fluffy makes sense with the gravity weapon, the push and pull stuff. It makes sense that, oh, it needs to still be able to do damage, so we'll give it a damage ability. I think the battleship originally also had, uh, you know, its port broadsides are standard primaries, if I remember correctly. I think it initially had also uh, gravity guns on the port and broadside, and then we removed those <laughs> because it was a little too much. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, that's... Uh, I think that's also why they're so torpedo-based, is so we could cut back a little bit on the gravity guns, because initially, I think their gravity guns were much more powerful, and their torpedoes were much, much weaker. Then we're like, eh, this is not working out so well, so we had to kind of tone back the gravity to make the torpedoes a little bit better, but still, we still had to some of the issues. So how many iterations of a given ship's stats do you have to go through then before you create something which you feel is balanced and has fulfilled the the role that, that Spartan have for it? Uh, it really depends on the ships. Some start off really well. Everyone kind of likes how it is. They like the direction it's going. And it's just all from there, it's just fine doing it. Then you have ships where this is where we have like the five different people going off in five different directions, all barking their own ideas is when you have people with different visions of how the ship should act. Especially when you get a couple passionate players of the same faction getting to work on that ship. And it's like, oh, I want the ship to be able to do this. I want the ship to be able to do this. Oh, let's send it this direction. Um, and it goes through a long cycle. People are going, and Alex going, rolling, rolling his eyes a lot and going, okay, guys, focus. And everyone runs off, focus. And we'll finally get down. That one tends to take a little bit more. So it's just a little bit more questionable. The Legion was pretty bad because it was the only, uh, it was probably the worst out of the last group because it was the only real straight up, pretty much a battleship level ship as far as invasion goes. That was a full-on warship as well as landing ship. And that one took a little bit more. Then to repeat and start all over. So that one had a little bit more iterations and let's say Solarian one, which was a little bit more straightforward of a ship. We could see the use off the bat as an assault type battle cruiser. And it was just kind of fine tweaking that ship until it got to the end. Okay. So numbers, like large changes, two to three, small changes, dozen or so. Right. And we're just talking sometimes just one little change of stat. Well, I mean, when you change one number, is hey, is that good? And we goes, yeah, well, I guess you can count that. So you mentioned the invasion ships there. You know, we had six core factions, three ships per race. With all of those iterations, that's, you know, that's an awful lot of permutations. That seems like uh, quite a lot of, of work there. The invasion stuff was first coming out. Uh, initially, there was only... I think the, most of the factions only had, like, two ships. Like, then Dressy only had the Castra, and it only had the Suka. The Legion didn't come along till later. The idea was then thrown out. I don't know exactly. I think it was some Spartan pro, uh, proper went, well, we'll make full-on fleets here with oh, one tier of each. And we're all like, okay. So that's when we started seeing that. Um, that's also one of the reasons Solarians had a battle cruiser instead of a more carrier class, because originally they were going to be one of the only, if not the only faction that had a tier one landing vessel but when we went back through and they decided they're going to add one of each tier um they kept the battle cruiser and everyone else got some sort of carrier so that was that was definitely very interesting because we saw a lot of huge changes pushed from proper spartan proper like the commanders were not initially a part of it either and they got put in and that's another whole discussion <laughs> there's a lot of discussion about how the commanders should work in this game so can we expect to see more commanders in the game then? Can you give us some clues there? Yes, there's going to be more commanders. I think it's already pretty much been said that these are kind of introductory slash planetfall commanders. These are particularly, not, not all of them purely focused, but they all tend to have something a little bit more focused for planetfall. Like the Dendrezzi commander, most Dendrezzi players are going to want to turn. So the plus one extra or the little extra movement is purely for a planetfall ship to get closer to the planet. Or like the um, director at command to be able to 
disable minefields so her landing vessels can't get to the planet without having to run through that Aquan minefield. Because, you know, they always like the Aquans. And things like that. You'll notice a lot more planetfall focused with those. So there's more general commanders coming out, or we're working on, for the factions, for more battle-focused. That's excellent. I'm sure people are going to be looking forward to, to that. So for what we're working on right now, I would say the one that's easiest for us to do are the directorate because they have such an obvious uh, framework to use to come up with thematic commanders that actually make sense. And so we pretty much came up with, I don't know how many different ideas that are all viable within like a day for the directorate. <laughs> and they're all pretty awesome. Like, like anything that you can possibly think of, we've pretty much already thought of and put it out there. Not saying, well, not everything, because there's so many different ways you can go with such a gigantic mega corporation. But when it comes to, say, the Aquans, I think we're, that's probably the faction we're struggling with the most yeah. for I a mean, couple reasons. One, they're really strong as a faction and can do a lot of things. And uh, two, at least in my opinion, there isn't really that much in their background about how they fight because they're just kind of like ex they were expanding and then ran into all these other alien races and they're just kind of dealing with that the best they can they don't they're not really militant like everybody else when it comes down to it also it's a lot of the the commanders is trying to pick we tried to do it at the planet falls well you know so some of them have some pretty big disadvantages as well as advantages is trying to balance those out but the Aquins, but they're so versatile. I mean, their ships are very versatile, and that's one of their biggest strengths and what makes them a little easier of a faction to play. They have weaknesses, but they're not as clear as, let's say, Dendrezi, who can't turn well, and then you can pinker them down real easy because all of DR no shields, or average DR no shields. They have a very robust amount of tools they can use, same with the Directorate, but instead of like the Directorate, they're all focused on all their ships have a lot of tools. So a lot of it's going to be having to almost focus them more so maybe, I don't, well, I mean, we're still talking about it. We may have one more SRS focus, but they may lose the ability to bring, let's say, a difficult target or something like that. This is not an actual commander. This is examples, just that kind of ideas being thrown around. Okay. So I guess that kind of uh, segues into... I'm sure something that everybody would be interested in, which is, I know you guys can't talk about what you are working on, but what would you like to see in terms of you know development of Firestorm? What would you would you see the direction of the game going in the say the next twelve months? Well, um, so first the way the first thing that's going to happen development wise is there's a bunch of models that have stat lines and no models, and so those are clearly going to be coming out over the next year, which doesn't really affect the focus group at all. But it's clearly what's happening next. And then there's um, if you read the Planetfall book basically tells you some of the stuff that might be coming out because that's just been in the background for a while and that's something that needs to be worked on and i'm very much looking forward to having some new factions that that the game isn't already have plenty of factions but it's just something else that puts more depth into the game it gives it even more variety i have more fantastic models so i think that's what i'm looking forward to the most is trying to make sure that those are balanced because the last thing we want is some new kid on the block to show up and ruin everything. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, for me, obviously getting the last of the models out there. That's more concerning. Like I said, we can't build too much as far as a focus group, as far as balancing things. Obviously, things like commanders are more fluff-based. We can do a lot more of it. But we can't go too overboard until more stuff comes out. So obviously seeing the new models, like you said, finish up the Kirkland ships uh, alliance. 
I'd like to see, um, and then start seeing into the Marauders. Obviously, get those out on the Dine. These are battleship. We have new Syndicate ships that they come out. Syndicates have just beautiful models. Too bad they're more Kirklak focused. Damn it. Um, then we uh, have uh, just kind of flushing stuff out. Uh, I hear he kind of mentioned before me fixing a few models as far as the focus group goes. Was Firestorm? Yeah, just getting the rest of the models out there. Building the lore is probably the biggest thing. The game's lore is, um, you got kind of an idea of what each of the factions, there's a lot more room to grow. I'd like to see the story progress, unlike some other game, 40k, uh, <laughs> where that's what's kind of hugely noticed, like, watching the games, like, the lore doesn't progress, it always degresses, they just go back and tell you what's happened in the past over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Firestorm is one of those games, I feel like we're actually going to move forward, and not focus so much on the past. And I like to see a lot more of the development of the factions. And, of course, 12 months, some of my crazy ideas, I won't say, because that's more than 12 months out, probably. <laughs> and they're crazy ideas. Yeah, they're crazy ideas. I am kind of the crazy idea. I'm the guy who sits his back, sometimes in the focus group, what if we do this? And then most of the time everyone goes, no! And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go sit in my corner now. <laughs> I've done that a lot. Okay, so which of the releases that, that Spartan have done that you guys have been involved in have uh, have you felt most proud of? Well, actually, I don't have anything I can say there because everything I have worked on hasn't come out yet. We still have to look forward to that then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's good. It, it, it builds some anticipation. I think that's a good thing. Well, it makes Absolutely. the answer easier too. You don't have as much you worked on. And over to you, David. All right. Ah. Uh... I mean, since the beginning, initial is, I mean, just seeing Firestorm 2.0 kick off, because back when it was 1.0, then 2.0 came out, and just seeing the game explode, a lot of attention go toward it. The name got out there, and it wasn't even, like, pushed by people. I know around here, like, um, we had a group just start up. I wasn't even, I was the only Vanguard in the area, but uh, they just started up because they heard about it. That was really nice. As far as particular things, like I said, I'm... RSN, Dendrezzi, stuff like that. I like the Legion when it came out because I kind of like the slow shift where I don't have to just do the Dendrezzi gun line. I have a little bit more options. So I really like the Legion, how she ended up. Um, and then a lot of the RSN ships. I can't remember exactly what changes I pushed. I'm pretty sure the cloak on the Spook was one of my ideas because the Spook did look a lot like the Cerberus, like it was in 1.5, where it was like you had the Cerberus and you had Baby Spook. Because uh, it was pretty much a carbon copy minus one or two stats, it was cheaper. So we moved this ship away and had its own stat line type thing. Uh, making the RC kind of look like an elite force of just smogus four of ships. Like, oh, this ship does this role, this ship does that role, this ship does that role. I didn't perfectly design I mean, I'm not the only one working on it, but some of the ideas were mine. Not all of them. But things like that. Uh, I must admit the Legion is, uh, is a favorite of mine out of the, the recent releases. I haven't played it yet. I've built some lists that I want to use it in. I really need to finish painting it so I can... I haven't put it together yet because I haven't painted the inside. And I don't want to put it together until boat. I've painted the insides because I know once I put it together, it'll never get touched insides. Because <laughs> it, yeah, it'll, it'll just be so hard to paint that, that with it all constructed. So I've done probably about 70%, I would say. That's why mine is still in four pieces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're getting a lot of sympathy across the, the, the listeners who are in exactly the same position. Unless they're Alliance of Karak players, of course, which they're probably quite happy about the situation. <laughs> as much as people hate that ship, I actually like it the way it looks a lot. It's just 
it still looks in Dresi, but it breaks the mold, so it doesn't look like a slightly different version of the Praetorian. Yeah. It's new. It's a flying brick. <laughs> it is huge as well. It is huge. Yes, it is. Now, it's got to be one of the biggest models in the game. Like, it's pretty <laughs> much the size of a lot of Dreadnoughts. Oh, yeah. Of course, it's in Dresi, though. Go big or go home. Uh, it was mostly like talking about the Castra. It's like, here's our cruiser, and it's a battle cruiser size. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah, they don't, they don't do things in small pieces, do they? <laughs> nah. Okay, guys, well, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, thank you for your time. So, signing off from the Hub Systems, it's Alex and Michael. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and Nathan. Goodbye. Okay, see you next time. See you.